Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, welcome everyone to Believe in Kansas City Sports with Darren Smith. I am, of course, that said host, Darren Smith. And with me uh, this week on our on our podcast, another weekly episode. Uh, this time we'll be previewing the Kansas City Chiefs Monday night game against the New York football Giants that's going to be taking place at Arrowhead Stadium. This is one of my roommates I call. Uh, I call him a roommate because we're on the same row uh, in the press box at Arrowhead Stadium when we're covering the Kansas City Chiefs, but he is Sirius XM's Christian Vetter. Christian, thank you so very much for joining me on the podcast, man, and welcome to the show. Hey, Darren. Nice to see you, man. It's always good Yeah, we go you. back. We go back to uh, radio days. <laughs> CBG family. Yes, sir. First of all, we're not going to date ourselves. We just... just just about a we, decade. I think we were there. I mean, I was there about a decade, but uh, I know you. Yeah, there but no, but we 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 met. Well, ugh, probably not. I, if I'm correct, probably 1999. If not, if not sooner. Yeah, right around then. Yeah, right around. Because I was doing an internship with Tony G in '99. Now I was doing internships before that. Yeah. uh, Before then, but I know that was my going into my senior year in college. That's when I uh, did another internship at at 103 for college credits. But uh, just, just, just briefly, because you know we're going to talk a a lot about Monday night's game. You know, let people know how you how you got into sports sports broadcasting and and how into where you got into right now with SiriusXM and CBS Sports. I really don't want to bore your audience right off the bat, so I'm just gonna say, I, you know, it just started when I was 19. I was doing overnights on a on a uh, local rock station, 106.5 KXXR. Today's whatever it was, I don't know, music, blah blah blah. <laughs> and then nothing for like about, was about a year and a half. And then you know, I was doing other, other jobs and stuff. And then in 1993, worked for the original, well, not the original, actually the second or third original WHB, it was 710, not 810 at that time. But I was doing high school sports and I was doing overnights there. But instead of playing rock and roll, I was playing Hank Williams Senior. Not Junior, not even Junior, not even more up-to-date country. It was like the old stuff. This is, no one knows who I'm even talking about, like Furlan Husky and people you don't even know. But I would do anything to get in radio. And then I did a guest DJ spot on 98.9 The Rock and did a guest DJ spot on 107.3 The X or Kiss FM. And then that led me to KCTE and and met, you know, uh, Nick Vassos and friends. We, you know, just things went from there. But over the years did did uh, updates for networks, uh, one-on-one sports back in the mid nineties. That was uh, Papa, Papa Joe Cervalier and the, you know, Johnny Renshaw, the freak and all those guys, Kevin wall, obviously Kevin wall, you know, Kansas city connection. So started doing updates, but then, you know, I was at the press box and I seen guys like um, Greg Eklund and John Doolittle. And I saw them doing updates and I went from the back row in a stool to an actual seat back when Bob Moore and Eileen Normile <laughs> and all those all those uh, folks were there in the Pete uh, Morris. <laughs> yeah, Pete Morris and that. So then I started filling in for those guys and then they moved on to some different things. So I've been a correspondent for the networks, just about every network, sporting news, radio, Fox sports, radio, ESPN for a minute, did some college, college stuff for them and, and, and some football, but uh, mainly uh, Fox sports, radio, WFAN, Sirius XM since 2004 and so currently CBS Sports Radio and Sirius XM NFL Radio, just as a correspondent. And it kind of keeps my feet into radio, but doing different things, you know, doing stuff like, you know, you're doing, doing live streaming. I work with my, my clients. I have a company, Viral Video Marketing, and I produce videos for businesses and, and also help them and coach them on how to do their own video and, 
and I, and I, I'm a, I'm a SAG after a voiceover and, and an actor. So I do, uh, you know, some voiceovers every year, not a lot. I call myself a professional, professional auditioner, but you know, one or two, three here, there a year and, and, uh, got a pretty long list of credits of voiceover commercials over the years, but that is it. But I love sports and I, and I love sports radio. I'm a fan of sports talk radio in Kansas city and 810 WHB been around 25 plus years. And they, they do an awesome job of, uh, bringing the power of sports to Kansas city sports fans. And, and uh, so, yeah, big fan of sports talk radio in Kansas city and I think it always will be. Well, look, like I said, it's always a pleasure having you on. Uh, uh, I got a chance to be on your podcast last week, uh, right before kickoff in Nashville. So okay. that was fun. And I know we've talked and so I'll be doing more things with you as the season progresses, but want to look ahead to Monday night's game, of course, the New York football Giants to two and five, Kansas City three and four. Both teams are are, are coming into Kansas City. Uh, you know, one's on a high, one's on a low, and it's not the teams that you would think it would be. The New York football Giants come in winning twenty five to three against the Carolina Panthers. The Chiefs, on the other hand, losing twenty seven to three to the to the Tennessee Titans. Again, their record is three and four. This is the defending AFC champion uh, uh, champions uh, in the AFC. Your first overall thoughts on, uh, on on this game when you look at the football giants and the Kansas City Chiefs? Very similar to what we saw a couple of weeks ago with Washington. I really think that and the Chiefs are going to be at home. And, you know, I know you, you were probably there today because you, you cover the team and you're there. Um, Patrick Mahomes is talking about a lot of it falling on him and he has to be more sharp and make better decisions. So when I look at this game, I look at it kind of like the uh, Washington game. The only thing, though, in that game, they they were down and they struggled early in the first half, and they had to have one of those 21 unanswered points to come back to win that game. So they were not, you know, perfect in that game. Eric Bieniemy, I heard him talk before the game, and he said that they wanted to have a you know a, a great game on tape. You know, he referred to it as tape. Uh, they didn't get that. Uh, they didn't get that good game on tape. And, and Patrick Mahomes made some questionable throws and obviously the interceptions uh you know continued and that continued into the Tennessee game so but when I look at the, the Giants game it's a game that the Chiefs should win and Patrick Mahomes came out and you know really put it on himself and I think you're going to see a more crisp a little more fundamental Patrick Mahomes but defenses I know you're going to get into this but defense are doing a great job to curtail him so he's not out there the magic of Mahomes has been curtailed by defenses so we're not seeing that and we might not see it this week either because I really think they're going to probably you know try to find a way uh, to keep him protected keep him in the pocket and run a much more crisp offense and maybe stretch the field because they've been dinking and dunking and keeping everything uh, you know down under and I think they they want to probably try to test this defense and, and go deep something they haven't really done a lot of. Yeah, Christian, when, when I look at this matchup initially, I'm like you. I think Kansas City should be able to win this game. They should be able to win this game, you would think, rather convincingly, but Kansas City has, has been anything but convincing this, this season thus far. When they – the biggest thing I, I think that, that I would say worries me about Kansas City is that they're stepping to a fault, and they're stepping to a fault in – they don't like to change what they feel like has been working for them. I know <laughs> members of the media and, and even some of the coaching staff, I know Patrick Mahomes probably today, you know, they they probably hate the fact that I keep asking why you all always deferring, putting your defense out on the field first. And again, we'll talk about the defense in just a little bit, but 
I, you know, I, I, you know, I posed the question to Andy last week after the, after the Tennessee loss, he didn't want to, he didn't want to respond. He didn't want to answer to it. Jared Bell, to his credit, did say that that was a legit question and Andy should have answered it. Um, but, you know, but, but for me, it's, it's, I'm still trying to figure out and I need somebody to help me, help me understand it. And, and to an extent, last week's guest, Dana Hughes, you know, he was, he, he was trying to understand, but then when I add a little pushback, he understood where I was coming from. And our, our good friend, Neil Jones today uh, was saying, Darren, he said, he said, he said, I don't agree with you on, on this whole, on, on this whole defraud thing, but I do understand your point. I'm like, that's the whole point. <laughs> Not, I mean, I don't have yeah. a problem with the. I don't have a problem in general with you know with teams deferring because look, I mean, I, I know I know Brady and Belichick and kind of specialize in, in that to where you know the idea is it, well the hope is to get the ball close to the end of the half, score a touchdown, then you get the ball back to start the mm. second half, and you hope to come back and score so you have a little fourteen point swing. Well, yeah, that's in theory, but it doesn't always work out in that way, and so, huh? I said I agree. <laughs> I was so, getting ready to do the fan because, you know, what? I want to stop you there because I know you said Neil Jones said I understand your point. But all week long, I kind of use this. I'm having fun with this thing. But I've heard Chiefs fans say you can't do that. You've got to have the possession right before the end of the half. So you get it in the third quarter. <laughs> well, yeah, we know that we know that. But I know yeah. what you're saying. You're saying. The defense is not one you want to put out there first. That's not your first look at the game. Your your best look is Patrick Mahomes, because you got to give. You know, yes, he's had some tough games, but you got to think that they've they've got the best shot to go down the field and score and set the tone for the game. That's why I heard that take, and I completely agreed with you. And I've heard all the other naysayers say, "No, you've got to go with the analytics or what the numbers say." And and I'm sure they're there. I'm sure they're there. You you oh, will yeah. most likely get the possession at the end of the half and then and then you got a chance to have 14 points back to back if you start the third quarter with the scoring drive and you got a better chance to do that with Patrick Mahomes but at the same time if your defense is allowing teams to run all over them and they score you might as well you might as well just uh, not defer and just take the ball and get on the board first I agree yeah, with you. and and that, you know and, and that's been my biggest thing is like Look, I get it, and 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 I can understand where the analytics come in at, and and look, and and for me, it's not even by analytics; it's the eye test. The eye test is telling me that your defense is ranked thirty first, thirty second in the league. They can't stop anybody. Why? Why would you allow? And then we're just using Tennessee as an example because it's the last year they play. But why would you allow Tennessee to set the you know to set the tempo as you said you know to get the momentum? They come out, you know that you can't stop them. They they pretty much march down the field methodically and ends with a Derek Derek Henry touchdown pass, not a run, right. but a touchdown pass. And and then you then you get on the field, you're already trailing seven to zero. So so now you're playing catch up instead of you setting the tempo, you coming out going up seven zero potentially. And then yeah, they're still going to run the ball because you're only one touchdown ahead. But who's to say that you don't get them to go three and out, and then you can come back in with the punt perhaps go down the field. Now it's 14-0 if you score. Now, now you force them to throw the football and take Derrick Henry out of the ball game. I mean, it, you know, let it you know, let it work in your favor. Like put the other team back on their heels. Why should why should the Chiefs offense always be playing, you know, be paying catcher? Because again, 
you know, if you remember from the first game against the Cleveland Browns, they were trailing. They were always playing catch up until the second, late, late right. in the second half of the ball game. So, again, why put yourself in a situation and why put that type of pressure on the defense? I asked Alex uh, Oka for the same thing, and he's like, "Well, we want that. No, you. I mean, you can say you want that because that's what you want. That's what you want us right. to believe. But the stats say otherwise. The stats say that you all can't stop anybody. So why would I want you out on the, on the field first? And by the time Patrick gets on the field. They're trailing either 3-0, 6-0, 7-0, or 8-0 because you can't stop anybody. And like I said, I agree. I mean, I, I obviously, we don't make the calls, and it's it's a lot easier for us <laughs> to armchair quarterback this. And I know that, uh, obviously, we, we know we're near the experience and knowledge of, of Andy Reid, but I think you have to kind of think outside the box a little bit. We talked about this before the Tennessee Titans game. We had that quick chat pregame, and I mentioned Vrabel. He's yeah. a guy that does think outside the box. He will take a chance. He will go for it on fourth down. He'll, he might go for it on fourth and 10. He's going to do whatever he can to keep possession of the ball, to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. And we've seen, we've seen, uh, you know, the Ravens do, we've seen a lot of teams do that to Kansas city because they want to keep Patrick Mahomes away from the ball, you know, and, and, and they want to keep the ball and have possession, keep him off the field. So I, I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a good take. It's a good, you know, good thought. Um, but um yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you, I, I, it's been interesting this week to hear some of that. And there's been I think there's been more pushback to it than those like yourself or myself that say, hey, why not? Let's put let's put the what is the feature of your of your organization out there? Let's put Patrick Mahomes out there and let them set the tempo. And I think that's what you're saying. You want them to set the tempo. And Patrick Mahomes is the guy to do it. And he's somebody I think if you put him out there first, it's going to put him on the spot. And I think you're going to get success from him. And, and, and just one last thing before, before we actually dive into this ball game is that is, is one of the things that you touched on oh, with Mike Vrabel. I wasn't diving in. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but one, of the, one of the things that you talked about. I've got about nothing was, else, man. Well, no, no, you're going to have something on this, but like you mentioned, Mike Vrabel uh, doing things again, you know, the defense could possibly, you know, again, if, if the offense starts off first and they're on top, now the other team might feel like they need to pass the ball. They, you know, and you might be able to catch them back on the hills where you can rush and get after the passer, per, uh, after the passer, perhaps get them to, you know, have a fumble or interception. And now you got an extra possession. Now one of the things that you mentioned, Vrabel, we know, we know John, uh, Jim, uh, John Harbaugh would do it. They would try to do fake punts and, and go for it on fourth down where they yeah. can steal an extra possession. And that, and, right. and that's something that, that again, at Kansas City doesn't do at all. Kansas City doesn't do any fake punts. They don't do anything to try to steal an extra possession. And that's one of the things that, again, concerns me. And that's kind of what I was thinking when I was when I replied to you. I was thinking, yeah, you're right. They, they you know, Vrabel or other coaches, like you said, uh, Harbaugh and others will, will make those outside-the-box type decisions uh, and, like you said, steal a possession. So – if you know if Kansas City would have took the ball and maybe set the tempo in Tennessee, I don't, I don't know. I can't. I don't. I think they actually did have the ball first. No, no, no. Tennessee did. You're right, and they went down and scored with Derrick Henry. And that's one thing. I think the Chiefs, you know, on paper they look like they contained. I think uh, I think Henry only had like 86 yards rushing, but they didn't need to because they were right, changed. They were already up 27-0. Right. They didn't need to run. Three. Yeah. So so looking at this game, of course. Uh, for the New York Football Giants, of course they do have Saquon Barkley, but he may or may not come back from yeah. from from being injured. But in the meantime, they do have Devontae Booker, uh, you know the, the uh, and and Daniel Jones though as the quarterback, he he's he's the team leading rusher with 229 passing yards. Of course, he's 
you know, he's thrown for a little bit over 1,700 100 yards, but he's only thrown for five touchdowns to go along with four interceptions. Now, he's he does have a, a decent wide receiving clan of Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and, of course, uh, Evan Ingram at the tight end, but also Kenny Galladay, but a lot of them are hurt. Right. So what do you see that the Giants would need to do against this Chiefs defense that, again, can't stop the run, have, and they have problems with physical receivers, as we saw with A.J. Brown <clears throat> last week uh, uh, against, the, against the Tennessee Titans. What do the New York football Giants need to do to try to pull this game out on, on, on Monday? I, I, I mean, I'm trying not to – I'm trying to be, you know, uh, you know not look through uh, Chiefs' red-colored glasses here. <laughs> but when I look at the Giants team, and you just kind of really took the words right out of my mouth, I mean, with Saquon Barkley – up in the air with his ankle injury. He didn't practice today. Um, if he was healthy, I would say, okay, there's another running back that can really, uh, they can control the ball. Uh, you know, I don't know if they could stretch the field. Cause as you mentioned, their wide receiver core is pretty banged up. Um, so I really don't know. I think that's why I feel like this is a game for Kansas city to really put things together. They're going to be going against what I would consider. I think a lot of people consider a lesser opponent. Um, maybe not defensively. I mean, cause Kansas city's defense is pretty much, uh, at the bottom of the barrel on, on yeah. just about every stat, but offensively, I don't think the giants can keep pace. So I, I really can't think of anything other than just trying to find a way to control the ball. And they're going to, you know, maybe, you know, some field goals. I mean, they're going to have to, I, I don't know, maybe they, maybe they've got something. Maybe we, I don't know. Maybe there are def, the, the chiefs defense uh, might not even be able to stop the giants banged up offense i don't know but i don't see that i really think the chiefs will outscore them i think this is going to be i mean they average 29 points a game coming into the tennessee game i looked at some of the the schedule i think dallas put 40 plus points up on the giants i, I really think the chiefs are going to have a game similar to what the dallas you know dallas game i mean that's what they should have and they're playing at home well and again, like, and like you, again and i like could you. be surprised i said i thought they were going to do the same thing to washington they came out flat in the first half and it had to take 21 answer points to to uh you know win that game and one of the things you mentioned, you talked about the Chiefs going into Tennessee game averaging 29 points. Well, that three dropped them down to 20, 26.9, so 27 rounding up. But they give up 29 points. And again, yeah. the Giants' defense is actually ranked, you know, better than, than than the Chiefs' defense. So they could they could cause Kansas City some problems. Again, Kansas City, for its high-powered offense, only scored three points last week, which means right. outside of the Super Bowl, this is the only game that Patrick has been shut out, really, out of the end zone uh, uh, without, without any touchdowns. So he was leading the NFL in touchdown passes up until last week's game. So. 18, Again, right? 18 coming yeah, in. Yeah, 18. But, but nothing's guaranteed anymore now because, you, I mean, you just don't know. And one of the things that, that concerns me about Kansas City is that is that because they've been having turnovers in six consecutive ball games, and not that, but they've had turnovers in every ball game this season, uh, it, it, it becomes an issue where it becomes mental. So, And even worse, 10 of those 17 have been inside their opponent's territory. So they're, yeah. they're putting together long drives, but then they get down into – to their opponent's territory and they turn it over because 17 sounds like a lot of turnovers, but when you know that 10 of them were inside their opponent's territory, that's even worse because those are 10, 10 bonehead mistakes, yep. no ball control or bad decisions by Patrick Mahomes to throw an interception that should have been points on the board. Or, or, you know, running backs or Tyreek Hill getting the ball punched out from the football again in dangerous territory that allows the other team to get it and have, there's there's so many things that you look at it. Uh, Leonard Williams, of course, uh, defensively for the New York Football Giants. Again, you know they don't. You know they 
they're, they're pretty much even when it comes to giveaway and takeaways at nine apiece. Kansas City is a minus 10. They've, they've given the ball away 17 times. They've only taken it away seven times. Um, when you, you, you know, one of the things that I've been interested in is, is how to utilize the run game. Now, they are 20 and three when the team rushes more than 20 times in a ball game. Problem is they don't rush that often anymore because they feel like their passing game is their run game. Darrell Williams uh, is aiming for a third game in a row with fifty plus scrimmages. He's he's got he has three rushing touchdowns in two career games uh, against the in uh, against the NFC East. How do you think or do you feel like the Chiefs will utilize their running game more, or do you think that it you know like the running game is pretty much? Uh, 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 anemic to Andy Reid's DNA where he's just going to pass the ball regardless of what the defense gives him, even though the defense will fall back, you know, in, in a cover two, taking away the deep ball for Kansas city, wanting the chiefs to run. But Andy Reid, do you think he's going to try to run the football? Because they did have success now, you know, yep. let's not forget against, against the Chargers, I think they rushed for 168 yards and against the Philadelphia Eagles, they rushed for 200 yards. And that, that was the best game to me of the season, even though it did go kind of back and forth. They won 38 to 20, I believe it was, or, or, or something to that effect. But they rushed for 200 yards and Patrick threw for five touchdowns. I mean, to me, that was the best, that was the most complete game, even though I think he did have a turnover in that game as well. Yeah. It seems like he's had a turnover in the last, uh, you know, several games, but when Edwards Alaire was before his knee injury, they were, uh, well, I mean, the, the as a team, they're averaging 118 yards rushing per game. Yeah. But when Edwards Alaire was in there, they were almost averaging five yards a carry. Daryl Williams is averaging, I think, uh, a three and a half a carry, but they really haven't given, I think that's deceiving because they really haven't, Correct. he hadn't had the opportunity because they've been down in games and uh, he hadn't really had an opportunity. But when I see him in there, I think he has much more, I, I, it just seems to me he has uh much more just, you know, leverage and, and he's, but he's still, you know, he's still agile and still has moves and, and can get yards and chunks on the ground. So that was kind of what I was going to, you know, say was run the ball. They've got an offensive line that can run block as well. I mean, when you look at the left tackle, first of all, Orlando Brown coming from the Ravens, I mean, that is a running offense, um, but they rebuilt this offensive line. It can pass protect. It can run. I think Daryl Williams is a guy that they really need to, this would be a game that they really need to try to establish a run. And, and this is kind of the note I made thinking if the chiefs can run the ball in this game and not kind of do that typical Kansas city, high flying Patrick Mahomes offense, then, you know, when they go into the, the Packers game, that's going to be one game that the Packers are not going to really see the full magic of Patrick Mahomes. I think yeah. they really need to let the Packers know we can run the ball with our, you know, with Darrell Williams and our, and our team, and then Patrick Mahomes is mobile too, but you, you really don't want to see him in the pocket or out of the pocket, even though we know historically, and I know you, I actually heard you say that that's what he does and that's how he's got here, but I think he really does need to get back to the basics. So, but he can run the ball and he can get first downs. And when he's got wide open, open field, I think he should do that because he's got the feet, but I think you got to get Darrell Williams, the carries in this game and let, the league let the let the Chiefs' upcoming opponents know they can run the ball because right now defenses are just keeping them, you know, keeping them contained where everything is underneath, and they're not stretching the field. And yeah, they got Travis Kelsey, and he's still third or fourth or fifth in yardage or receptions, but he's going to get beat up. And I just don't think you know Tyree Kill has not been able to get over the top. So 
I think you got to set up that run. You got to set up that pass with the run. And I think Daryl Williams is the guy they really need to give give the ball to to see what he can do. Especially you got to know what you're going to have going down the stretch and getting into the cold weather. And Monday night looks like it has a chance of rain. Not really cold, but as we move into December, we're going to have some cold, rainy, mushy fields, and you got to have a running game. We're joined on the Believe with Kansas City or Believe in Kansas City with Darren We're joined by Sirius XM's Christian Vetter. Join us on the podcast this week, looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and the New York football Giants. Monday night, of course, you can watch that game on ESPN and also listen to it on ESPN radio. Christian, uh, you know, looking at the wide receivers for Kansas City, Travis Kelsey has has been, you know, look, he, he's been kind of battered and bruised these last few weeks with some of these teams that, that have been trying to beat him up at the line of scrimmage. But he and Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill had, a, had an off game last week. You know, he's he's been rather quiet uh, recently. You know, he's, he's of course, suffering from a little quad contusion, so he's been kind of down and out. But recently, Byron Pringle has been has been paying off, uh, showing big dividends for the Kansas City wide receiving core. Want to get your quick thoughts on, on this, on, on the Chiefs' offense against the New York Football Giants' defense in Monday night's game? Well, uh, I think Tyreek Hill is still up there in, in total yardage. I think he's still, like, third or fourth. He's still up there, uh, yeah. maybe fifth. I, I, I can't remember. I saw the, the stat earlier today. But By- Byron Pringle, he's a bigger receiver. And you remember, I mean, we had Sammy Watkins, but Sammy Watkins, when he was in there, it was a completely different dynamic on that Kansas City offense. Yeah. But unfortunately, even when they had Sammy, they didn't have Sammy. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. I mean, they didn't have him. And when he was hurt, you know, when he was out of the game, the dynamic of the Chiefs offense changed. And, and yeah. defenses seemed to do something because even though they had Miko Hardman and, and now they've got, you know, they've had Byron Pringle and uh, Josh Gordon, we've only seen, I think, maybe one one target or one catch possibly i can't remember i think one catch in the washington game but um byron pingles is a bigger body i don't have his he looks bigger to me i don't know his exact you may know his exact height and stuff but he looks like a bigger body he doesn't have the speed as a sammy Watkins, but he's a guy that can catch the ball and i think that they do need to find a way to get him more incorporated into the offense but i still think miko hartman is a guy with speed that you got to get the ball to as well the chiefs just haven't stretched the field they've really looked like the last couple of weeks they look like the Alex Smith-led Chiefs to me. I mean, a lot of dinking and dunking and long drives only to end in turnovers, as I mentioned, <laughs> 10 of those of 17 ending in a turnover um, you know, near, near, near the goal line so or inside their opponent's uh, territory. So they got to stretch the field. They got to run the ball. They got to they get back to that, but they got to do it in a way that's not erratic, yeah. not chaos, not having to create on the run. They should be able to come up and draw up a game plan that includes Patrick Mahomes in, you know, staying in the pocket, handing the ball off, finding those opportunities to stretch the field. That's that's what I, I mean. I know it sounds easier said than done, but I just think they're kind of getting outside themselves. That's why I was calling it an identity crisis. They're, they forgot who they are. I do want to ask you before we get out of here, of course, uh, the defense. Uh, Chris Jones is back uh, from his wrist injury. Chavarius Ward is back. Frank Clark has been back. I know. I know. Uh, uh, you know. We're expecting to talk to Frank Clark before the Giants game, but Tyron Matthews, Nick Bolden, uh, of the last couple of games, we've seen Juan Thornhill thrive, being in the starting lineup. How does this defense reemerge and 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 go from where you know where they are, you know? low down on the low man's totem pole defensively to try to get back to at least be an average defense that can help help this team get back to the Super Bowl. I think it starts up front. You got to get pressure on the quarterback. They have struggled. Let me see. I wrote down that. Uh, let's see here. They have. Uh, 
they're, well, they're not getting, I mean, they're not getting to the quarterback and, and they're, and they're, uh, they're, they're not getting the pressures. Yeah. So it's going to start with, you know, if Chris Jones is going to be healthy and in this game, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they got to put pressure on the quarterback. And that's when the secondary led by Tyron Matthew, that's when this defense does much better. That's when they're much more, this defense really only needs to be middle of the road. They only need, they only need to be 15th to 20th ranked defense and have the ability to pressure the quarterback, cause, cause some turnovers. That's all they really need to do. They don't need to be the number one D. They don't need to be a top five D. But I think it starts with Chris Jones and, and Frank Clark. And, and uh, you know, you got Hitchens out. So you're going to have Ben Neiman in there. And, and um, I'm trying to think who else. Is, uh, but, I mean, it, it, it's not – that's not the problem. you got to get pressure on the quarterback. So I, don't even get me started on the linebacking court because they really need to just completely start over. You know, so when I see when I see people putting the Chiefs down and, and they were putting Daniel Sorensen down and why, you know, and things like that, blame Brett Veach because they need to get better players on defense. And I and I know that Spags is getting getting a lot of grief as well, but I just don't think they got the personnel when it comes to linebacking quarter. But up front, if Frank Clark and Chris Jones play to their ability, they should be be able to get after the quarterback. And then I think that opens up things in the secondary for for Tyron Matthew to make a play. Uh, he's got two interceptions, but. Um, he's a guy who can also uh, sneak up and also get uh, get the quarterback as well. Well, Christian, before we uh, get out of here, want to know your prediction, who you think is going to win the game on Monday. I think the Chiefs are going to have uh, – I mean, I – They're a 10-point favorite now, so. I was going to say blowout, you know, just because when I hear Patrick Mahomes say, hey, look, it's on me. I got to get back to the basics or fundamentals and not make stupid mistakes. I don't know if he said, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if he said basics or fundamentals, but I think he, he definitely said today that it he was did. on him. It, you know, it was on him. But Patrick Mahomes' basics are a little level, you know, high, a little leveled up than the most basics of other quarterbacks in the league. So his basic uh, is, is is pretty good. So if they just do what they're capable of doing and stay within their capabilities, I think the Chiefs should win this game 42 to 10. That's my prediction, 42 to 10. I think the Chiefs at home at Harrowhead after, let's face it, a stinker in Washington that took 21 answer points and then the 27-3 massacre at uh, in Tennessee. I think the Chiefs need to put up a 42-10 game. That's the kind of game they need. I mean, let me look real quick. we got a second. I want to look at the uh, Giants' schedule because they played the Rams. The Rams beat them 38-11. to The Cowboys beat them 44-20. That's the kind of game I think the Chiefs need to have at Arrowhead on Monday night. 42 to 10 Chiefs. That's my prediction. All right. Well, that would obviously cover the point spread and everything else. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, the problem, the, the, the only pushback I give you is that the defense hasn't shown. Yeah, they've shown that they've been able to do well keeping the team scoreless the second half of the last two ball games. But I got to see them put four quarters together. So they can put four quarters together and show me that they can keep a team out the end zone and keep them from running up and down the field. I got this being much closer. I, I do have Kansas City winning. However, I don't have them covering the 10 points. Uh, 10 yeah, points. I, I said that because I know that sounds – because I looked at the, you know I looked at some of these other games and I know that they're not the Cowboys and they're not the Rams. But when I look at that Giants offense, really nothing jumps out at me. The right receivers are you know bigger and, and, and they might feast on, on the Chiefs secondary. I don't know. But I just feel like the Chiefs – that big game has been looming, and they just haven't been able to get it. And I think they're going to put it all together, and it might end up being, you know, a, a 35 to 24, uh, you know, or 35 to 28. It could be, but I just think the Chiefs are due for a big blowout win, and a, what better place to do it at home at Arrowhead 
uh, 42 to 10. Don't be surprised. All right. That's Sirius XM's Christian Vetter. Christian will be doing this again. And if it's not true, delete this. <laughs> Big facts. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Believe with Kansas, Believe in Kansas City podcast with your guy Darren Smith. We'll be back again following the Chiefs game oh, Monday night. <laughs> yeah. He got to defer. Christian, we'll, uh, I'll see you Monday uh, at Arrowhead. And of course, we'll do some stuff with your with your, with your podcast before the game. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in, downloading. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Until then, go Chiefs. Thanks, there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.